0: Well, thank you to all of you who serve, and really, in many ways, if this is your church family, you may not even realize the impact that you're already having. Hurricane Harvey hit, and it was within days that we took some of what you've given financially, and we were able to mobilize $20,000 just in those first few days to help with relief efforts, even before we had a Sunday gathering. And since then you've been bringing items and we've been starting to send teams. We plan to send teams every other weekend until they tell us to stop. Um, But many of you served in the middle of that. Some of you drove to the coast and picked up family or friends and brought them back. Others of you have opened your homes to people who needed a shelter. Uh, Friends of mine who host a life group I'm a part of, Brent and Shannon Fannin, right after the hurricane hit, Brent got some of his buddies that have airboats and they went to the city to rescue people. And here's some of the footage. I wanted to show you a picture. That's what it looked like when they first got there. Here's another picture. This is a street. And here's a video of him on the boat driving down what's normally a street. We just had, that's good, we just had our first team go and um, some of them included John Burke, our senior pastor, Rob and Charles and John Short and others. Here's a picture of their work inside a house and uh, the next one, that is what it looked like just a couple days ago, still water in the streets. A pastor who's been a friend of mine since college that we're teaming with, his name is Chris C, is a part of a church called Ecclesia and they in days uh, as this was going on, mobilized a thousand of their people to serve, even as so many others needed people to help serve them. And so he's actually recorded a video to thank you uh, for your efforts so far. Let's watch.
1: Hey, Gateway Church, this is Pastor Chris C. at Ecclesia in Houston. And I wanna thank you. You guys have been generous and you've been remarkable and you're just down the road. Sometimes the Bible reminds us like, you need a friend that's close by, right? And having a friend, having a church, that's just down 290, that's willing to step forward and lean in with us, it means the world to us. The need in Houston is significant. And uh, we're grateful that this week, your pastor, John Burke, many of the pastors at a number of your campuses came down to spend time with us, to encourage us, uh, to bring supplies and some of the things that we need. Um, You're the kind of church that we uh, are excited to journey with as we try to meet some of these needs. I can hardly imagine or explain to you what it feels like to walk through neighborhoods in Houston, Texas, where I've had to begin to order mosquito nets for families. Uh, They're hoping and waiting that we can help them clean out their home and ultimately eventually restore and rebuild their homes. But in the meantime, they don't have any place to go. They're sleeping in their front yard or backyard and mosquitoes are eating them up at night. It's nothing I would ever imagine we would need in Houston. Uh, The need is significant, but we're stepping forward to clean out homes, provide groceries, and the basic necessities that people need. So God bless you, Gateway. We couldn't do it without you. We hope to see many of you soon in the coming months as we make this long, difficult, but beautiful and redemptive journey together.
0: If you would, would you pray with me? God, we're just overwhelmed by the, the images and very aware that there are some that lost loved ones. And God, not just in our Texas coast, uh, but in Louisiana, and then more recently in the Caribbean. Uh, We pray for those that are right now experiencing Hurricane Irma in Florida. God, we are completely reminded of how much we need you, uh, how, how much you protect us, and how things could have been so very much worse. And we pray even now that, That people who have suffered much would experience um, your presence and your peace, and they would experience your love even through our willingness to give and to go. And so, God, we just pray in the midst of all of this, a world that is reeling from catastrophe and places like Myanmar and Syria, where refugees are running for their lives, where We live in a world where some of us are having to explain nuclear weapons to our kids, something we thought we may have been past. God, this world is broken and messed up, and we just know that one day you will fix everything. Everything will be made right. Justice will be real and true. And until that time, God, may we represent you well by serving and loving others, especially those who are hurting. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a world that needs heroes, that needs us to rise up and become all that God created us to be. And maybe it shouldn't surprise us that we live at a time when superhero movies are the most popular. Maybe you've seen a movie, a little known movie called The Avengers, somewhat recently. And it, it captures our heart and imagination, but, but really it, it's more than just superpowers. I think what draws us in is this diverse team of people that shouldn't get along and don't get along, and yet they're united in a common cause, using their powers to rescue those in need. At one point in the film, The Avengers, Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson, says this, the the idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people, see if they could become something more, see if they could work together when we needed them to, to fight the battles we never could that resonates in our spirit because we know there are battles being fought right now and that we can be a part of the heroic efforts of helping those who are hurting. There are battles being fought for the help of those who've been abused and trafficked, those who feel unwelcome and unloved because of racism or bigotry, those who struggle with depression or loneliness. We can be a part of bringing healing and hope to the world around us. Jesus tells us to pray that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and that's the job of the church. Those of us who follow Jesus, we can be a part of making that happen, helping that happen. Bill Hybels, a pastor out of Chicago, once said, there's nothing like the local church when it's working right. You see, God's idea was that Unique people from a diverse background would come together to create a new family, a family that brings the message of faith, love, and hope by serving, by sacrificing. In fact, the longest-running, most expansive, most influential movement in the history of the world hasn't rested on well-trained experts and professionals, but the men and women who voluntarily serve as part of the church. The world waits on us. The world needs us. A community of people willing to sacrifice for the good of others is unstoppable. And you may be thinking, well, superpowers, you know, I can't see through walls. I can't fly. I can't make myself invisible. But you might be thinking this is a little over the top. But did you know that the scriptures actually talk about how those of us who follow Jesus are empowered? We have power, supernatural power. Power. It's this idea that each of us, when we say yes to following Jesus, have been given spiritual gifts, empowered by the Spirit of God to make a difference on this planet. In fact, there are several passages, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and and others that talk about your uniqueness and your unique contribution towards what God wants to do in this world. Listen to the picture painted in Ephesians chapter 4. But to each one of us, grace has been given... As Christ apportioned it, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, what we see from this scripture is that God is the one who gives gifts. It's not for us to pick and choose or to complain or compare, that God has given us gifts. And that the job of pastors is actually to equip the people with their gifts, I don't know if you grew up going to church. I grew up in Texas, and, and there was kind of this misnomer that, that our job was just to show up and to give a tithe so that the pastor could go out and do ministry. And in reality, the, the job of the pastor is actually to free you, to equip you to actually be in ministry, in your neighborhood, where you work, and as part of this community. The other thing that we discover is that These gifts have been given to be re-gifted, we're to use these gifts in service to others. We can't even discover our gifts without using them, and and that's how we discover them, by serving others with others. Since we're talking about superheroes, let me reference the first Spider-Man, the real Spider-Man, Tobey (laughs) Maguire. His, I heard an amen, Uh, are, His uncle, if you remember, there's a moment in the story where his uncle tells Spider-Man, and you know this with me, with great power comes what? Great responsibility. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives within us, the Spirit of God, and empowers us. Those of us who follow Jesus have spiritual gifts, supernatural gifts that make a difference in the lives of other people. And Ephesians 4 describes how together, working together, we are the body of Christ to the world around us. Listen to this again. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Listen to the language describing the community of faith. We're joined, we're held together, supporting, growing, building each other up. And love. See, it's describing more than just showing up every once in a while on a Sunday. It's describing a community, a church family, an extended family that actually knows each other and serves each other. And it can begin by coming on Sundays for sure. In fact, coming every Sunday and just asking God, God, speak to me and show me how to serve one other person here can make all the difference. But it goes beyond that, it goes beyond that to become. Serving others with others, letting others know you, and getting to know others along the way. And today, we're really honoring those of you who serve on Sundays. Some of you have been serving even for years with our children. I don't know if you know this, but our next gen team, they work with preschoolers, elementary school kids, middle school, and high school. And some of you have been doing this for so long and I want you to know that your efforts are so meaningful. You are helping our children discover that there is a God and he loves them and his name is Jesus. You're helping these little ones discover their calling. You're helping these teenagers navigate the challenges of life as a teenager. And some of you have been serving as part of production and the arts. You you create these experiences. You set up these chairs. You create the space where we can experience God, where we can even hear God's voice in the midst of crazy week. A place where we can come as a refuge and hear from him. Some of you are part of our guest services team, our hospitality team. You greet us. You serve us with logistics in the parking lot or with the offering or at the Connect spot. Some of you make tacos. Now, we're not supposed to say which gifts we like more than the others. <laughs> but I want to tell you, I, I've literally had someone tell me in the midst of all that this guest services team does that, that the way you welcome people and invite people in, I've had someone tell me that Sundays is the only day during the week where they receive a hug. And that's from you when you serve. So I want to thank you. If you're on the Next Gen team, the production the arts team, the, the guest services team, you are making a difference. In a world that is mean and broken, you are bringing hope just in your act of service, your willingness to serve. But I, but I want you to notice what the scriptures tell us. See, when we serve, we're, we're ap- actually showing, demonstrating our superpowers We're living connected. We're connecting other people with God even as we connected with each other. We're holding together the body of Christ, doing battle for people in need. But I want you to hear what the scriptures tell us, that when we serve, when we use these spiritual gifts, something happens in us. Again, Ephesians 4, 13. So that the body of Christ is built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When you serve, when you use your spiritual gifts, you're experiencing the fullness of Jesus. The creator of the universe who came and lived among us and lived a perfect life and taught with authority and brought healing to the crowds. The one who died on the cross and rose from the dead. You're experiencing, you can experience the fullness of Jesus when you serve. And the scriptures tell us right here that that actually when we serve, it brings about unity. It actually increases our faith and we experience God. Yeah, that word, the knowledge of the Son of God, it's not about head knowledge, it's about experiential knowledge. When you serve, you're catching a glimpse of Jesus' love for us, Jesus' love for humanity. When you serve, you're experiencing God. Have you ever been frustrated in your relationship with God? Have you ever felt like you just wish God was more present, more obvious, that he wasn't so distant or so silent? The way you can experience Jesus is actually by serving. Sometimes it's in the act of serving that then the feelings might come. It's in the act of faithfulness that we begin to experience the fullness of God. See, we become more like Jesus when we are self-sacrificial in our love. And what's beautiful is God takes us where we are and helps us move step by step, making progress. He, he takes you right where you are. That's what we try to do as a community. We say and we mean, come as you are. But we also acknowledge that, that if you're here, you probably don't want to stay as you are. That there is a, there is progress you want made in your relationships, in your faith, in the way you experience life and treat others, and that happens in the context of serving and, and maybe for some of you this fall, your next step is making this a regular part of your Sunday. I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but we have a, a Sunday two Sunday morning services and a Sunday night service, so no matter what time the cowboys play, there is a service you can come to <laughs> which by the way, tonight it's at seven thirty so every week maybe your next step is just making this a priority and part of your life and and maybe it's starting to spend time with God on your own praying and and reading the scriptures or or maybe it's to take that next step and really serve others with others and maybe you've been doing that and you're ready for that next step going into someone's home a life group and getting to know others as you look at the scriptures together to apply to your life See, serving gives us a glimpse of of what Jesus summarized the entirety of the message of the scriptures, loving God and loving people. When we serve others with others, we have the opportunity to do just that. But let me be real practical for a moment. Because if you start serving others with others, it means you have to get up a little bit earlier or stay a little bit longer. Right? See, what we do is with our teams, we encourage them, if you serve on Sunday, to attend one service and and serve in another service. And that's really important because we burn out when we just give and give and give and never receive from God or from others. And so it's critical that we're investing in our own spiritual growth even as we invest in other people. In fact, what we discover in our own life is we burn out when we're serving and not allowing God to serve us. And the way we spend time with God is on our own, but also we spend time with God in corporate settings like this on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights. You can't love people without also loving God. And when we love God, he sends us out to love people. I want you to think of serving as like when you hear on the airplane, uh, if oxygen masks come down after you scream, make sure you put it on yourself. I don't think they say after you scream, maybe that's just on Southwest, I don't know. (laughs) But you're supposed to put it on yourself first before you help anyone else and it feels very counterintuitive because if you have kids, you're thinking, "But, but they can't put it on themselves. If I don't put it on them, they may not make it. But see, the reason you're supposed to put it on yourself first is because if you don't put it on yourself first, they definitely won't make it as you pass out and they're unable to reach up to that oxygen mask. See, we need to connect to God breathe in the spirit of God. Breathe in his wisdom so that we can breathe out humility and faithfulness and acts of service. It's loving God and loving others. And one of the beautiful things about serving is not only do we mature, not only do we mature, but actually when we serve others see that Jesus is real. When I was in Los Angeles we were there for about 13 years and I went to this homeless shelter downtown on a little project. We were actually going to wash the feet of some of the homeless women and men of the city. It was right before Easter, and we were there, and there were several churches there. Which, by the way, a lot of these homeless shelters, some of the, they're desperate for help, and the people that come to help are generally people of faith. But there was one woman standing all by herself. I saw her, and, and I went over and said hello and introduced myself. I'm Eric. She introduced herself as... Alex and I said oh so which group are you part of and she says I'm not a part of a group I'm here all by myself I said oh well what brought you here and she said well I've been on a search to determine if there is a God and I thought that if there is a God then maybe I could find him here and so I said well good luck with that and I left and went and found my group (laughs) just kidding I did not do that of course not (laughs) There have been other moments I've missed, but in this one, I knew exactly what to say. I looked her right in the eyes, right after she said, I'm on a search, and if there is a God, maybe he's here. I I said, well, Alex, it's no accident that I walked over to say hello to you, because the only reason I'm here is God sent me here, and we served together all that day, and she eventually came to our house. Deborah and I had a little small group, and she began to read the scriptures, and We were able to help her along in her spiritual journey, to discover there is a God, and you can find him not only in the homeless shelters, you can find him in your neighborhood, you can find him where you work, because there are people there that, when they are living out who God created them to be, represent him to the city around us. That's us, that's what we're called to do. See, God is calling some of us to be undercover missionaries, where we work and in our neighborhood. We're we're to be lights wherever we are, every single one of us that have faith. That's what we're called to do and to be. And every single one of us has a spiritual gift. When we say yes to Jesus, his spirit comes to live within us and he empowers us with a unique purpose. And you may be wondering, well, I don't know what my gift is. How do I find it? I'm glad you asked. Let's read Romans 12 and listen and see if one of these might resonate with you. For just as each one of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, a couple of thoughts. You might have read the word prophesy and got a little confused. This word prophesy does not mean foretelling, like predicting the future. It means foretelling, proclaiming the truth. See, some of us have insight and gifts of discernment, and God has actually given us The spiritual gift, the supernatural gift of proclaiming the truth in love to people around us. Others of us have the capacity to give generously, to actually give in ways that no one else could give. Others of us can demonstrate mercy in ways that no one else can give. And see, here's what's amazing is once you discover your spiritual gift, you can actually help others learn to develop that gift as well, learn to develop that in their own life. And certainly there are great spiritual gifts assessments online. Spiritualgiftstest.com is one of them. But you know the best way to discover your spiritual gifts? Just start serving. And as you serve, it'll become clearer where you might be passionate. And even you're putting yourself in a position to, to hear from others. Maybe it's those folks with the gift of encouragement speaking into your life that they see you doing really well in this particular area. So if you're not sure what to do, you want to figure out your spiritual gifts, just sign up to serve with the babies. Because that can motivate you to figure it out really quick. (laughs) If that's not where you're called to serve. But if it is called to serve, you're literally teaching those little ones how to trust the rest of the world. Some of them are little babies that have only been held by mom and dad, and you're the first person they're learning that in this big world there are other people that can be trusted. What is God calling you to do? How has he empowered you to serve, to make a difference in the life of others? See, what happens is once we begin serving, we begin to discover our gifts. And for some of you, you might realize you're already talented in other areas. You can see it at work. Maybe you have the gift of leadership and you use it at work all the time, but you've yet to use it as part of the body of Christ. See, we experience more of who Jesus is in our lives when we serve on his behalf as part of the body of Christ. And and maybe you jumped in and started serving and it didn't seem to really work or you got too busy or didn't enjoy it. Let me encourage you to don't give up. And let me encourage you, if you're serving in one service and attending the other, I guarantee one of your temptations eventually will be to just serve and not attend. We need to be faithful in both because you need to be invested in even as you are investing in others. But when we begin to operate in the way that we were created, God does amazing things in us. See, the world needs us to become who God created us to be. I want you in this moment just to listen to God's voice. We're going to create a a moment of silence. And in that moment of silence, I just want you to pray, just in your heart, in your mind, God, would you speak to me? Show me how you want me to serve, who you want me to serve. Just allow the moment of of silence to be a chance to let God whisper into your heart, into your mind, what what he has for you, the calling, the, the dream he has for you. So in this moment, take advantage of this moment and let's just pray in our own hearts and listen to God's whisper. Father, there are often days or even weeks we go without pausing to even try to hear your voice. God, there are some of us that, that we had a thought that has to be from you because it is far more selfless and requires far more courage than what could be our own thought. So God, if we had a thought that that you placed in our mind and our heart that give us the courage to act on that. God, for others of us, we're, we're still uncertain and unsure and so we are fully aware that sometimes we have to step out in faith and it's in the midst of serving that you speak to us. Sometimes you speak to us through other people. Sometimes you speak to us through the scriptures. So God, would you just may just help each of us take whatever steps necessary to seriously invest in our own spiritual growth, knowing that the world around us needs us to breathe in your spirit, your wisdom, and breathe out your love and your faith and your hope. God, give us the courage to take those steps. The people you placed on our heart, the acts of service you've placed in our minds, God. May we not settle for life as normal, but be willing to be the hero that you created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.